Psalm 40, Part 4 of Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Expositions on the Book of Psalms, Volume 2 by St. Augustine of Hippo. Psalm 40, Part 4. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me, so that I could not see. There is a something for us to see. What prevents us so that we see it not? Is it not iniquity? From beholding this natural light, your eye is prevented, perhaps, by some humor penetrating into it, perhaps by smoke, or dust, or by something else that has been thrown into it, and you have not been able to raise your wounded eye to contemplate this light of day. What then? Will you be able to lift up your wounded heart unto God? Must it not be first healed, in order that thou mayest see? Do you not shew your pride when you say, First let me see, and then I will believe? Who is there who says this? For who that would fain see, says, Let me see, and then I will believe. I am about to manifest the light unto thee, or rather, the light itself would fain manifest itself to thee. To whom? It cannot manifest itself to the blind. He does not see. Whence is it that he seeth not? It is that the eye is clogged by the multitude of sins. For what does he say? Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me, so that I could not see. Let his iniquities then be put away, let his sins be loosed, let the weight be removed from off the eye, let that which is wounded be healed, let the stinging ointment, as it were, of the commandment be applied. First accomplish what is prescribed to thee, heal thine heart, make thine heart clean, love thine enemy, and who loves his enemy? This is the prescription of your physician. It is bitter, but it is for your health. What would you have me to do? He says, you are so distressed in order to be healed. And he says more than this, once healed, it will not be difficult for you. Once healed, you will experience delight in loving your enemy. Do but endeavor in order that you may be healed. In tribulations, in distresses, in trials, be strong. Endure to the end. It is the hand of a physician, not of an assassin. See, says he, having embraced the commandments and held fast the faith, I will, as you bid me, first heal my heart. When healed, what shall I see? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This, says he, I cannot do now. Mine iniquities have taken hold of me, so that I could not see. They are more than the hairs of my head. He subjects the number of hairs of his head to calculation. Who is there that can calculate the number of hairs on his head? Much less can he tell the number of his sins, which exceed the number of the hairs of his head. They seem to be minute, but they are many in number. You have guarded against great ones. You do not now commit adultery or murder. You do not plunder the property of others. You do not blaspheme and do not bear false witness. Those are the weightier kind of sins. You have guarded against great sins. What are you doing about your smaller ones? You have cast off the weight. Beware lest the sand overwhelm you. They are more in number than the hairs of my head. And my heart hath forsaken me. What wonder if thine heart is forsaken by thy God, when it is even forsaken by itself? What is meant by, faileth me, forsaketh me, is not capable of knowing itself? He means this, my heart hath forsaken me. I would fain see God with mine heart, and cannot from the multitude of my sins, that is not enough. Mine heart does not even know itself, for no one thoroughly knows himself, let no one presume upon his own state. Was Peter able to comprehend with his own heart the state of his heart, who said, I will be with thee even unto death? There was a false presumption in the heart, 
there was a lurking in that heart at the same time a real fear and the heart was not able to comprehend the state of the heart its state was unknown to the sick heart itself it was manifest to the physician that which was foretold of him was fulfilled god knew that in him which he knew not in himself because his heart had forsaken him his heart was unknown to his heart and mine heart hath forsaken me what then what do we say what do we cry verse thirteen be pleased o lord to deliver me as if he were saying if thou wilt thou canst make me clean be pleased to deliver me o lord look upon me to help me look that is on the penitent members members that lie in pain members that are writhing under the instruments of the surgeon but still in hope o lord look upon me to help me verse fourteen let them be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy it for in a certain passage he makes an accusation and says i looked upon my right hand and beheld and there was no man who sought after my soul that is there was no man to imitate mine example christ in his passion is the speaker i looked on my right hand that is not on the ungodly jews but on mine own right hand the apostles and there was no man who sought after my soul so thoroughly was there no man to seek after my soul that he who had presumed on his own strength denied my soul but because a man's soul is sought after in two ways either in order that you may enjoy his society or that you may persecute him therefore he here speaks of others whom he would have confounded and ashamed who are seeking after his soul but lest you should understand it in the same way as when he complains of some who did not seek after his soul he adds to destroy it that is they seek after my soul in order to my death let them be ashamed and confounded and in truth many sought after a soul and were ashamed and confounded they sought after his soul and as it seemed to them they took it away but it was he who had the power to lay it down and the power to take it up again therefore they triumphed when he laid it down they were confounded when he took it again let them be confounded and ashamed that seek after my soul to take it away let them be turned backward and put to shame that wish me evil turned backwards let us not take this in a bad sense he wishes them well and it is his voice who said from the cross father forgive them for they know not what they do wherefore then doth he say to them that they should return backwards because they who before were proud so that they fell are now become humble so that they may rise again for when they are before they are wishing to take precedence of their lord to be better than he but if they go behind him they acknowledge him to be better than they they acknowledge that he ought to go before that he should proceed they follow thence he thus rebukes peter giving him evil counsel for the lord when about to suffer for our salvation also foretold what was to happen concerning that passion itself and peter says be it far from thee god forbid it this shall not be he would fain have gone before his lord would have given counsel to his master but the lord that he might make him not go before him but follow after him says get thee behind satan it is for this reason he said satan because thou art seeking to go before him whom thou oughtest to follow but if thou art behind if thou follow him thou wilt henceforth not be satan what then upon this rock i will build my church let them be turned backward and put to shame that wish me evil they are evil wishers and even when they give good words do nevertheless so far as depends on their hearts curse you say to some one be a christian he says 
I, do you be a Christian, you? He spoke of a good thing, but it is not what he said, but with what mind he said it. That is taken into the account, even as it was accounted to the Jews, when that man, who was born blind, was made to see. When they were assailing him with insults and pressuring him hard, he said to them, Will ye also be his disciples? Then they cursed him. This is what the evangelist says. They cursed him and said, Be thou his disciple. Though they cursed, the Lord blessed. He fulfilled what they said. Still he recompensed to them the evil which they had spoken. Let them be turned backwards and put to shame who wish me evil. But there are others also who are not good either, who wish us good things, who are also to be guarded against. For just as the others speak evil, while they speak of what is good in us, but with a malicious disposition, so are there those who speak of what is evil in us, but with a good intention. I mean this, he who says to thee, Be you a Christian, speaks of your good qualities, but with a bad intention. But he who says to you, There is no man better than yourself, if he says that in speaking of bad actions, seeing that the wicked is praised in his own heart's desires, and he who doeth unrighteously is blessed, he is speaking of your evil in terms of praise, just as the other spoke of your good qualities and spoke evil of them. So he speaks of your bad qualities and speaks well of them. But beware of both the one and the other description of enemy, and shun them. The one is raging against you, the other fawning upon you. The one employs reviling, the other praise. But the one is an enemy in his reviling, the other is insidious and designing in his praise. Beware of both of them, pray for protection against both. For he who prayed, let them be turned backward and put to shame, who wish me evil, thought of another class, who are treacherously wishing one evil, and giving us good words falsely. Verse 15. Let them speedily bear away their own confusion, that say unto me, Well done, well done, they praise you without reason. A great man, a good man, a man of education and of learning, but why a Christian? They praise those things in you which you should wish not to be praised. They find fault with that at which you rejoice. But if perhaps you say, What is it you praise in me, O man, that I am a virtuous man, a just man? If you think this, Christ made me this, praise him. But the other says, Be it far from you, do yourself no wrong, you yourself made yourself such. Let them be confounded who say unto me, Well done, well done. And what follows? Verse 16. Let all those that seek thee, O Lord, rejoice and be glad. Those who seek not me, but thee, who say not to me, Well done, well done, but see me glory in thee. If I have anything whereof to glory, for he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Let all those who seek thee, Lord, rejoice and be glad, and say continually, The Lord be magnified. For even if the sinner becometh righteous, thou shouldest give the glory to him who justifieth the ungodly. Whether therefore it be a sinner, let him be praised, who calls him to forgiveness, or one already walking in the way of righteousness, let him be praised, who calls him to receive the crown. Let the name of the Lord be magnified continually by such as love thy salvation. Verse 17. But I, I for whom they were seeking evil, I whose life they were seeking, that they might take it away, but turn thee to another description of persons. But I to whom they said, Well done, well done, I am poor and needy. There is nothing in me that may be praised as mine own. Let him rend my sackcloth in sunder, and cover me with his robe. For now I live, not I myself, but Christ liveth in me. If it is Christ that liveth in thee, and all that thou hast is Christ's, and all that thou art to have hereafter is Christ's also, 
What art thou in thyself? I am poor and needy. Now I am not rich, because I am not proud. He was rich who said, Lord, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. But the publican was poor who said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. The one was belching from his fullness. The other from want was crying piteously, I am poor and needy. And what wouldst thou do, O poor and needy man? Beg at God's door, knock, and it shall be opened unto thee. As for me, I am poor and needy, yet the Lord careth for me. Cast thy care upon the Lord, and he shall bring it to pass. What canst thou effect for thyself by taking care? What canst thou provide for thyself? Let him who made thee care for thee. He who cared for thee before thou wert, how shall he fail to have a care for thee, now that thou art what he would have thee be? For now thou art a believer, now thou art walking in the way of righteousness. Shall not he have a care for thee, who maketh his son rise on the good and on the evil, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust? Shall he neglect, desert, forsake thee, now that thou art a just man, and alive by faith? Nay, even here he cherishes thee, even here he assists thee, even here furnishes thee with what is necessary for thee, and taketh away whatever is injurious. By giving he comforteth thee, that thou mayst be able to endure unto the end. By taking away he chastens thee, that thou mayst not be cast away. The Lord careth for thee. Be not thou careful about thyself. He bears thee who created thee. Do not thou choose to fall out of the hands of thy Maker? Thou wilt be broken, if thou fallest out of thy Maker's hand. But it is a virtuous will that enables thee to continue in the hand of thy Maker. Say, My God hath willed it so. He will sustain me. He will hold me fast. Cast thyself upon him. Think not that he is a void, so that thou wouldst fall headlong. Think not so in thyself. He hath said, I fill heaven and earth also, and no place is he wanting to thee. Be not thou wanting to him, to thyself, the Lord careth for me. Verse 17. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tearing, O my God. He is calling upon God, imploring him, fearing lest he should fall away. Make no tarrying. What is meant by make no tarrying? We lately read concerning the days of tribulation. Unless those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. The members of Christ, the body of Christ, extended everywhere, and asking of God as one single person, one single poor man, and beggar. For he too was poor, who though he was rich, yet became poor, that ye, through his poverty, might be made rich. It is he that maketh rich those who are the true poor, and maketh poor those who are falsely rich. He crieth unto him, From the end of the earth I cried unto thee, when my heart was in heaviness. There will come days of tribulations, and of greater tribulations. They will come even as the scripture speaks, and as days advance, so are tribulations increased also. Let no one promise himself what the gospel doth not promise. My brethren, consider, I pray you, whether our scriptures have failed in any point. If they have said anything, and the event has proved other than they said, it needs must be that, even unto the end, all things must in like manner come to pass. Even as they have said, in this world, Scripture doth not promise us aught, but tribulations, distresses, difficulties, increase of sorrow, abundance of temptations. Let us prepare ourselves earnestly against these things, that we may not faint through want of preparation. You heard it was said just now, Woe to them! that are with child, and lo them that give suck. They are with child, who are big with hope. They are giving suck, i.e., feeding their babies at their breasts, who have already obtained what they desired. 
for the woman with child is big with a son in hope she doth not yet see her son she who is now giving suck is embracing what she hoped for let us then suppose a case in point by way of illustration that villa of my neighbours is a handsome one oh that it were mine oh that i could join it to my own and that i could make this estate and that but one avarice too has a love of unity the quality it loves is good but it knows not in what object that quality should rightly be loved see he covets his neighbour's villa but that neighbour is a rich not a needy man a man of consideration also and of influence too a man perhaps the effects of whose power you would have reason to fear rather than to have any hopes of his property the heart having no hope doth not conceive any wish the soul doth not become pregnant but if there be near a poor neighbour who is either in necessity so that he may possibly sell it or against whom means of pressure may be employed so that he may be compelled to sell you fix your eye upon it you hope for the villa the soul conceives is impregnated with the hope the hope that you will be able to obtain the little villa and the property of your poor neighbour and when that poor man is reduced to difficulties he comes to his richer neighbour the man to whom he is perhaps in the habit of paying court to whom he usually gives place and rises up at his approach and salutes him by bowing the head give me money he says i am in difficulties i am pressed by my creditor and the other answers i have not now the money by me if he would sell the land he would have it we recognize this picture such persons once were among us may they be so no longer it is not the case with us that we were alive yesterday and to-day are not there is yet room for amendment not as yet has that separation of the one class to the right hand the other to the left taken place we are not yet in hell where that rich man was thirsting and longing for a drop of water let us hear let us amend ourselves while we are yet alive let us not set our hopes on others possessions and conceiving the hope become pregnant with it let us not attain to them either and coming to possess them embrace them as mothers their children for woe to them that are with child and that give suck in those days we must change the heart we must lift up our hearts we must not in heart dwell here it is an unwholesome region let it suffice us that in the flesh we must dwell here let not that come to pass which need not let the evil of the day be sufficient for it in heart let us dwell above if ye be risen again with christ saith he to the faithful to them that are now receiving the lord's body and blood if ye are risen with christ set your affections on things above where christ sitteth at the right hand of god seek those things which are above not those things on earth for ye are dead and your life is hid with christ in god for that which is promised you doth not yet appear and yet it is already prepared for you but you see it not you would fain conceive a hope conceive it from this quarter be that thy hope then will the birth be certain not abortive nor thy offspring short-lived what thou bringest forth thou shalt embrace for eternity for thus it was said by isaiah we have been with child we have brought forth the spirit of salvation it is therefore yet in reserve it is not yet given but it is as yet to be given how great gifts brethren have been given already as the scriptures say who can number them there it is written concerning the existence of the church and we see that the church does exist there it is written concerning idols that they shall cease and we see that they are not there it is written that the jews were to lose the kingdom and we see that the fact is so there it is written concerning the heretics that they should exist 
and we see that it is so. There it is written also concerning the day of judgment. There it is written concerning the rewards of the good and the punishment of the bad. In all things we have found God faithful. Will he fail and deceive us in the last? The Lord will care for me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. Unless those days be shortened, no flesh could endure unto the end. But for the elect's sake, they shall be shortened. Those days will be the days of tribulation, but they will not be so long as they are expected to be. They will soon pass away. The rest that is to come will not pass away, although even a long duration of evil would be worth enduring for a blessing of infinite duration. End of Psalm 40